This show is brought to you by Mic Up Podcast Productions. Full transparency, this is my company. We run a full done-for-you podcast service for visionary leaders who want to change the world. We want to amplify your message, get you in front of more people, grow your personal brand so that you can impact more people without having to do all the BS yourself. And we don't want to take any more of your time. We want to take care of all of it for you so that you can focus on what you want to do. Whether you want to launch a show, whether you have a show and you want to give it some love and relaunch it, we want to help you build these relationships, impact more people, and we will help you do that through this podcast program. If you guys are curious and you want to launch a show or you have a show and you're interested, book a call with me or my team. And we'll just find out. We'll just find out where you're at. And if, you know, you fit what we're looking for. We look for certain things in clients as they look for us. So we don't work with everybody. We just work with key people that have a vision and want to change the world. So if you guys want to do that, go to LanceEsios.com, mic up, book a call with me. I'd be happy to chat with you. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. You know, we're living in some times right now where... The truth really matters. People are being misled with information from all different places. You pick up your phone, you turn the TV on. It's confusing. It's really confusing. And I think most people just want the truth. And it's tough to find, let's be honest. And the problem is here, there's a lot of people being censored and getting into trouble for just speaking their truth that may go against the mainstream narrative. Doctors, public figures, whatever it is, it seems to be that if you don't agree with something, you get silenced or you lose your job. And it's a dangerous road to go down. It's dangerous. Censorship is not the answer because if they're willing to censor somebody, they're willing to censor you. I'm not one to go and beat a problem to death. I'm one to learn from it, create awareness from it, and figure out how do I make change in my life? What do I do to make the change and potentially help others do the same? Because our energy matters. And if we give it away to the world and the external circumstances all the time, then we rob ourselves from the gift of applying it in our own lives. So today's conversation, we have my friend, Kid Carson, joining us. He's been on the radio for decades. He was recently working for Z95.3. And he was talking about polarizing topics that the station didn't agree with. And he was given the ultimatum, whether you, you keep, if you keep talking about this stuff, we're going to show you the door. 
gave them a, you know, a warning, a couple warnings, and they, they eventually did. He spoke up on the radio. It was caught, recorded, and shared all over social media. He got so much support from the trucker convoy and just from people in general, not even just that, but people that just respect somebody standing up for what they believe in and, you know, essentially taking a bullet for it. It takes courage to be in truth and to trust the unknown. You know, he didn't know what was going to happen. And sometimes when you trust the unknown, you're rewarded in big ways. And he was rewarded with open arms from people. I think he got like 40,000 followers in three days. Now, I think 40 to 60 in like the last few weeks. And his show, Kid Carson Show, is one of the top shows in the world. So I highly recommend checking that out. Go support his show. It's available on Anchor, Spotify. Go check it out. Follow him on social media, on Instagram. Kid is one of the realest dudes around. And it just, it goes to show you what happens when you stand up for something you believe in. And this is just one of many examples. So I wanted to have uh, an IG live with him and turn this into a podcast episode because I think it's important. And I hope you enjoy it, you guys. I know this is a bit of a long intro, but I just really wanted to tee this up so that you understand and just see where I'm coming from. I'm all about just finding out the truth so that we can move forward. We can just be better humans all around, you know? And that's what I'm all about. So if you guys do want to support the show, leave us a review on Apple. If you can, share this on social media. Sharing is caring. We really appreciate it. And you guys, I love you. I appreciate all the new support. I got a bunch of new followers, a bunch of new listeners that have come in from Kids Audience. So thank you, you guys. And I hope you enjoy this. There we go. How you hey, doing? hey, man. What's going on? Not much. How you doing, dude? Good. Well, brother, it's been a long time coming. I've wanted to have you and have a chat with you on the show and just in general over the airwaves and I'm excited because what better time than now, right? Lots to talk about, man. <laughs> crazy times. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy it, times. It really is. And it's such an interesting time too. And not only what I've seen going on in your life, like recently with everything, the world, but just the opportunity we have now moving forward. And I just, I love having these kind of conversations and, you know, diving deep and coming away and hopefully everybody, you know, feels empowered to make new decisions and feel better about their lives. Right. So I really, before we dive into, you know, what's going on with you and, and everything that's happening in the world, the obvious stuff, mm -hmm. I would love to kind of, for, I know you've had like loads of new followers the last which is crazy because I like literally was looking at your your followers. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? This is crazy. And it's amazing because like you had so many supporters and some of them have trickled over to me. So thank you. Awesome. But for those that don't know much about you before, you know, those that don't really know your backstory, I would love if we could kind of like 
peel back the curtain a little bit and give people some insight into a little bit of your life and how you got into radio. So first of all, let's start there. What brought you to radio in the first place? And how did you get into such a crazy industry in the first place? Well, I want to start by saying I'm not used to being the person interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm normally the interviewer. Yeah. And I, I, I naturally find it quite uncomfortable to be asked any kind of questions about anything. But this is great, man. This is awesome because it gets me outside of my comfort zone. I'm also not a guy who ever wanted to be on television. So now I get to stare at my own face on the screen here um, when I'm used to doing radio where I'm just sort of an invisible, you know, just a voice. How did I get into radio? Man, it was just like, a, I knew what I wanted to do when I was a little kid. It's one of those things where I would talk into the end of my pencil when I was doing my homework. Remember pencils? Yeah. So we're trying to sharpen those things too. Yeah, in the past. exactly. And I, I mean, like everyone who initially wants to get into the, the spotlight, I wanted to just be cool. You know, I wanted to be like, a, you know, like a, like a DJ cool, you know, there was a cool radio station in my town called Energy 108. It was a Southern in Southern Ontario, Canada. And like, you know, they were just like the coolest guys and, you know, they'd go in DJ clubs. And so it was that sort of, you know, it was that attraction. I wanted to be a, a part of like the, the cool, the coolness. Got into radio. And then I realized that uh, the, the less cool you were and the more honest you were, the more people actually liked you. And so that changed my whole thing from wanting to just be like the DJ at night who was playing music and answering phone calls into wanting to talk about stuff and moving into more of a, a morning show position where you could actually talk and you were waking people up in the morning and you were talking about what, what was on your heart, what was on your mind. And so really evolved in, into, into something more than I thought that it would be, you know? Yeah. It's, 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 it's that discovery that just being authentic and being vulnerable is like what people are actually attracted to. It's not the guys who are like, Hey, oh, look how cool I am. You know, like when you're a teenager or you're in your early twenties, that's what you're drawn to. And then as you get a bit older, you realize that, okay, I'm a little more confident in who I am. I'm willing to, um, be a little more real. And that's obviously an ongoing thing, uh, throughout your life. And, and then, and then of course, uh, years ago when I discovered Dr. Brene Brown and then she started really revealing that, that being vulnerable was actually being courageous and brave and the whole thing. So then I was like, okay, then I just started spilling it all on the radio and, and, and that's where things kind of really exploded. Mm -hmm. So I remember tuning in to your show for, on the beat, probably what it was like early two thousands. Yep. Yep. And you got me through a lot of, a lot of hangovers drives to work. Yeah. Can imagine. I realized, like you were that piece of, of hope from my morning. Right. I had my Timmy's, I had my coffee, and it was like, I get to listen to something that gets me out of this shit storm in my brain trying to right. work hard. And I think a lot of people resonate with you over the years is that you have this real authenticity that you may have not even really realized that you were doing. You're just being like a normal human and just having these conversations, just speaking and people resonate with that. Mm. So I've always appreciated that about you. Mm. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. The, the beat was a, was a massive radio station and uh, music was really good. It was a great era for music. It was a great time for club music, especially and hip hop. And yeah, man, it was, it was awesome. And, and shout out to Nira, who I co-hosted the, the show with. And uh, yeah, Vancouver was, they treated me amazing. 
I, I, I initially did the nighttime show at Z95 for, for about a year. And then I got, you know, headhunted to do my very first morning show. And that was at the beat. And yeah, that was, that was a great ride. I mean, I think I was there for maybe 15 ish years and uh, yeah, that's probably my favorite, my favorite era of radio. It was an awesome. And if you live in the Vancouver area and you're about 40 years old, yeah, it's, it's that radio station was iconic, you know, a lot of DJ flip out and, and, yeah. and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting time because radio was everything at that time. Mm. You know, radio was, this was before, you know, social media, Instagram. Yeah. It's, we might've been on MySpace. Uh, yeah. And it was, yeah. you know, I've always, it was something that seemed almost impossible to get into also, you know, like I wanted to get into broadcasting at one time, but it, it seemed like it was impossible, bro. Like it seemed mm -hmm. like there was, it was just like only one and I don't know how many people made it. So it's interesting to be able to get in there and survive in that industry because it was, mm -hmm. it was tough. Mm -hmm. it was tough. Yeah, you really, I mean, I wouldn't recommend anyone get into radio now because it's yeah. a, it's a dying dinosaur yeah. and it's all the stations are owned by, you know, four major companies and it's just, it's, and it's, and it's losing money year over year. Part of my decision to make this leap into podcasting that's growing like crazy. Um, and it's scary to leave, you know, a, a solid gig and, and move into, you know, it's weird because podcasting was very intimidating at the time because my special power was my own, my own ego is like, you know, well, I'm on, I'm on the radio and that's like, no one else can do, like you said, it's hard to get into. And that was sort of my, my thing that made me feel like I was special. That, that was my skill. And then suddenly podcasting comes along and now everyone can do a show. And at first it's kind of like, it's a little bit intimidating because you realize as the years went on, you're not just competing against four or five other morning shows in a city. You're competing against, you know, thousands of amazing talent. You know, th this, I mean, every, every week there was a new hit podcast. Um, yeah. so there was a bit of a weird couple of years now, and now it's kind of radio is in, you know, to my radio brothers and sisters, you know, there's some great talent in radio, you know, Jay Mad Dog Michaels is, is one of them and some even in town in Vancouver, but uh, now it's like podcasting is like where it's at. You know, yes. it's, it's Joe Rogan has shown that, I mean, his ratings crush even the mainstream uh, outlets, you know, so this is a, this is a brand new fun sandbox to play in. Yeah. And uh, I'm really lucky that I've had a, a bit of a, a carryover from my radio days to help me launch that this, this podcasting thing. So I'm, I'm really lucky because a lot of people struggle with the average person, as you know, you know, a lot about podcasting, the average person gets five episodes deep and they give up because they're sick of begging their friends to listen on Facebook because they can't get an audience. So I've been really lucky that way. Yeah. And a lot of people underestimate the time it takes if you don't have an audience, like it just, it takes time. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And people build a trust with you that takes time to build also. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you have to show up consistently, you know, for mm -hmm. people to go, Oh, okay. Because so many people quit. And the people, the most popular shows out there, they've been doing it for so long. Like Rogan is just like, uh, it's just a staple in a lot of people's lives. I mean, I've been listening to the guy for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You do develop a, a relationship with these yeah. people. You know, like, I mean, I wish Rogan now would talk and I understand why he doesn't, but I wish he would talk more about his 
like kids. Yeah. And like what's happening in his private life. I think that maybe he'll get to that level and he'll evolve to, because that, that's the only thing missing from him is, I mean, his guests are fantastic. He's one of the best content producers on the planet, but like, I would love a peek behind the curtain of what makes him tick. He keeps that private, but like in radio, we were always taught, like the more you can reveal about your personal life, the better well-connected you'll be with your audience. And I was always super comfortable doing that. I just, I just would at the beginning picture myself like, okay, I'm pretend like I'm a character. Like people watch TV shows and they get, get it or, or a movie and they watch like characters. I just could kind of take myself out of my own body and I'd be like, oh, I'm a character. I'm going to say that I did this thing over the weekend and yeah, it's embarrassing, but you know, that, that this happened to me or I got stood up on a first date or whatever, but I would just sort of compare myself to like a character on a cheap TV show. <laughs> I would just yeah. sort of throw myself out there and, and uh, not take any judgment too uh, seriously. But, but yeah, you're right T to your point. It's yeah, you develop a relationship with these people. And the more you reveal about yourself, the more connected people feel with you. That's why I hate small, I hate small talk at parties. It's so annoying. Like if I show up at a, a party and someone, or, a, you know, someone wants to talk about the weather or sports and I just go, oh, yeah. like, just kill me. Like, yeah. let's talk yeah. about something real, even a little sliver of realness, you know, it just draws you in. You're like, okay, you're a human. Let's, let's, let's talk here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you could, I don't know about you, but I could sniff that out so fast. Now somebody that's just afraid to just be themselves and have a fucking mm -hmm. conversation about things that mm -hmm. matter. And I really resonate with people that are willing to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. like, man, what do you hide? Like, just be yourself. Mm -hmm. you're, trying mm -hmm. be, you're trying to like be somebody else and you're hiding yourself and you're really, it's just a waste of time. Like nobody can resonate with somebody that's not even being themselves. It's, and it's maybe because a lot of people just don't know how, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I was able to work in the bars for so many years. So I was like able to learn it, but, and mm -hmm. you know, on the radio. So it's like, I don't know. You it's a skill that you can develop, but I think the reason people really connect with anybody is that, that yeah, that vulnerability, that 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 opening up about shit that you may not necessarily be that comfortable with opening up about, but mm -hmm. you're doing it anyway because mm -hmm. you know that somebody could get impact from it. I think a lot of people too they feel pressure to entertain or to try and be the most interesting person in the room and you've probably discovered this too especially with what you do which is you you're you are a professional curious person it's like if you want to be the most interesting person in the room just be curious about other people and yeah. when you walk when you walk away from great conversations that you've had with someone if you met a stranger and you walk away you go man that person was awesome they were probably really awesome because they were interested in you so if you take the pressure off of yourself and stop trying to feel like, oh man, I, I, I'm, I need to have like a funny one liner or a joke, or I need to have a great story or, or I need to, you know, entertain. You don't, you just need to show up and ask, ask someone what they did last weekend and then listen to them. And then, and, and then don't just wait for your turn to talk. Like listen, actually listen to what they say and then ask a follow-up question. And then another follow-up question. And you could literally just do nothing but ask follow-up questions and they will walk away thinking that you are the most entertaining person or the most, inter no, sorry, not entertaining, the most interesting person because everyone sort of, everyone wants to share, but no one ever asks really. So 
when I, when I learned that, I'm like, wow, really took the pressure off of me when I would go to like radio station events and everyone would be curious to meet the guy that they listened to on the radio. And I, I'd feel like, oh, I got to have like imposter syndrome. Like, oh, I got to show, show up and be like this, like super entertaining person. And I'm like, you know, they're, they're paying you maybe to go to this event or something, but I would just, okay. I just learned to show up and like be interested in people. And I'm, I'm naturally interesting or you know, interested in other people, which is why I love to interview people. You're the same way. I think you get to enter, you've, inter you've interviewed some of the most fascinating people on the planet. Your, your list of people is amazing, man. It's, it's Appreciate it. Phenomenal. But yeah, you're just, you're a curious guy. And I think I'm the same way too, which, which is really fun with this new podcast that I'm getting to like reach out and like, oh my God, I'm going to get to talk to this person next week. It's just, it's easy. It's easy to do because I'm curious. Yeah, it's, you know, that's the thing about it is like, we'd be having the same conversation like we did before I left to Mexico over coffee saying that, you know, the same way, you know, that's what I love about it is like the ability to just have conversations as a human to another human. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, people open up and then that, that opening up is like what gives people something. It's like, they can feel that it's a real conversation. They can mm. feel that, oh, this shit, this guy's, this guy's laying it out on the line, like, mm. you know, and mm -hmm. it, I think it's, yeah, it's great. And I think I it kind of, it kind of leads to like, you know, where you're at now. And what's interesting is that, you know, for everybody watching or listening, Kid and I, we, we met, I think it was probably January, 2020. You know, I was, I was, Mimi Bouchard connected us and mm -hmm. we were mm -hmm. going to do this podcast swap in your new studio. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I was like, fuck, this guy's a good dude. You know, I heard about you and I didn't want to be like a fanboy, but I was like, I like this guy. He's a good dude. Right. I seen you around. I've heard about it. And I was like, this guy's, this guy's awesome. So, you know, we started chatting and then, you know, about some other stuff and then boom, the pandemic hit. And it was like, holy shit, mm -hmm. right? And then obviously we've all been through, you know, the song and dance in our own lives and mm -hmm. shit's been turned upside down for a lot of people. But you were one of the people that I, when I chatted with you about this in the beginning, something just felt a little bit off. Something just didn't feel right, you know? And as things started to go on, so more people started to think the same and that's kind of, you know, ended up unwinding where it is today. So mm -hmm. walk us through that journey of, okay, you're this, you're this dude that's got this show that is, you know, about, you know, that's going to expand probably across Canada, probably be, you know, the face of, of radio. Right. And then all of a sudden there's this issue that you want to talk about but you're not able to talk about it and you have to like dance around the idea. What did that look like for you? How did that feel for you? And you know, how did that evolve into eventually, you know, you leave it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had literally started my, I signed the, the deal to, to start my radio show at my last radio station, literally two weeks yeah. before Bonnie Henry announced like, we're locking down. Like the timing was weird. 
In fact, my co-host and I, we would, we were lucky that we had our own little studio separate from the radio station. So we had a little, little studio in Yelltown. And uh, so we kind of could have our own rules there. We didn't have to worry about weird protocols and arrows on the floor. Like it was weird at the actual radio station. They had arrows on the floor. You, only one person can walk in the hallway at a time. Masks, the whole, like all the, all the rules. Yeah. Like sanitization. It was just, it was weird. We could still do our own thing. The, the, the crazy thing was Yelltown is normally this bustling, busy area. It's the cool area of Vancouver where we had coffee that time before you left to Mexico. People everywhere, you know, it's just like a vibe and, uh, everyone's walking their dogs and but yeah. man, it got really weird showing up every day to that studio because the streets were a ghost town. We would do the show. We would leave. There'd still be no cars. If you saw anyone, it was just them letting the dog out to pee and they were in their pajamas still. Like it was, it just seemed like a bizarre, weird thing. Anyways, as time went on and we started to feel like, yeah, this is, this is like, fishy something's weird and for you and i for guys like you and i who go down the rabbit hole quite a bit we probably saw it you know people in our in our vibe in our circles you know like the the, the few million people who were a little more awake at the time it, it started to feel really weird on the radio not talking about things so i would i mentioned a couple things on the air and then you get pulled aside and they're like hey you know and it was always the threat of hey we're okay with it but the big boss guy in Toronto, he hates conspiracy stuff. So, you know, if you want to get that, you know, the dangling carrot, if you want your show to be, you know, syndicated in more cities, you know, maybe don't talk about this stuff. And you're like, oh, okay. You know, that's one of the dreams. Okay. Well, I guess I won't mention this. And then it starts to build up a little bit and you let something else sprinkle out. So I would say things like, you know, I would use the word pandemic instead of pandemic. I would just slip it in there with a, with a twinkle in my eye. And if you knew, you knew, but if you didn't know, you didn't know. And I would always get DMs afterwards going, ah, I, I heard you sprinkle it in, man. Yes. yes. And it would, it would, you'd get a rush. Cause you're like, okay, my, my people are out there. They're listening. And it would give me hope that, okay, people, people know I'm not the only person. I'm not, I'm not crazy. Cause that's the thing. You always feel like you're the crazy person, you know, at first. Yeah. So yeah, but again, I would just be outspoken about certain things. I talk about masks. So I would talk about, you know, especially my, my kids. I have two young uh, kids. I have three kids, my, my, my 17 year old stepdaughter. And then I have two young boys who are four and eight. And there's no way my kids are wearing masks. This it's not going to happen. And so I'd bring that up on the air and then I'd always get, you know, the problem is that the, oh, we would just call them Karens. It's not exactly the right term, but. <laughs> so true. The cabs are just, they're so quick. They're so quick. And when a lot of emails come in to your boss and say, Kid Carson said this is misinformation, whatever they say, you know, it'd be so angry if I would talk ill about masks and they would call me dangerous because I said the first time was I said I didn't like wearing masks. I said, I will wear it. Remember in the early days, I said, I will wear it because I want to protect my neighbors, my community, and I will wear it, but I hate it, hate it. And someone, not just someone, hundreds of people emailed the radio station saying that I'm spreading dangerous ideas. And, and I thought, man, this is weird. Like we're not supposed to love it. 
We're not supposed to like masks. We're not supposed to like it. It sucks. You're covered. You're walking around. It's not human. You're, yeah. you're walking around with your face covered. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be a thing that you hate. Yeah. But you do because you want to protect other people. But when you weren't even allowed to say that you didn't like masks, like you could only, you could only say that you love them. I love it. I'm going to get one that matches my outfit. I'm going to get a special embroidered one with my initials on the side. Like, and then the radio station started making like masks with the, with the radio station, like logo on the side. And I'm like, this is the tackiest shit yeah. I've ever. Why are we glorifying these masks? Like it's not supposed to be a good thing. So, you know, all these different stages you go through during this, this, this whole ordeal. And then eventually a couple of times I just had to go on the air and say kind of what we're saying, guys, this is what's going on here. Why is no one saying anything? Like this, the science has changed. Why aren't we adjusting to that? And still in BC, I'm sure you've heard, we're like now the last place to have the masks and all the mandates. The rest of the country's opened up and we're like the only okay. ones. Wild. So my point is, is I couldn't, you start to feel like, man, I'm on the wrong side of history. Like this is, this is wrong. And of course I was just, well, eventually shown the door. As you know, that's kind of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, what a challenging situation for you though. You know, because, you know, for all of you guys listening out there, if you're in that situation and you've got a good gig and you got, you know, you're a popular guy, you're on bus, the bus, buses, for God's sakes. I'd be like, Hey kid, I just saw you on a bus. Like, like it was, it was crazy. And that's, that's, that's a, that's something that you got to sit with and decide like what matters more, you know, cause you could have easily sat there, kept your mouth shut and then just, you know whatever would have happened with the show, you would have been very, probably very successful, but you know, you stood and you're like, man, this doesn't feel right. And I remember talking to you, you know, three and a half months ago before I moved to Mexico and you were like, man, like, I don't know what to do. And you're, you're talking about this not feeling right. And you know, I had a feeling that it was only a matter of time before what happened, what you decided to say and what happened, happened. So when, when I heard that, when I heard that recording, dude, I was so fucking happy. Nope. I was so proud Thanks, man. Because that, Thanks. that shit isn't easy to do, man. Most people aren't willing to do that. Let's be, let's call it how it is. And I, I haven't, I've talked a little bit about it, but I mean, I haven't told this detail is that my heart was pounding. I knew, like, I was looking at, we have a clock that tells you how much time is left in the song. And, uh, you know, I could see like, okay, there's 30 seconds left in the song, 29, 28. And I knew that was, I knew I was going to say something and you're hoping it's going to come out right. And, uh, I know I had already promised my boss, I wouldn't talk about that stuff anymore. And then I, it's like eight, seven, six. And I'm like, oh my, then I'm like, shit, man, my heart's starting to go, <laughs> you know, it just starts to race and it's. You know, you're, you're thinking, okay, you're trying to reference the best motivational quote you can think of, like, just be brave, just be brave, just be brave. And you just, you know, so it's not for anyone else who wants to speak. I'm just telling you this because there are people who are like, oh, I wish I could say something to my coworker or on my Instagram account or yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, you're not going to feel, it's going to be uncomfortable. 
It's just taking that leap. And then once you take it, you realize that a whole new world can open up to you. Your tribe finds you. It's like, you, I was ready to piss off so many people. And the people that I thought were going to like attack me, just, they just, they didn't. They just disappeared. And, and this new group of people showed up like by the tens of thousands, they just showed up and they were like, Hey man, thanks for saying that thing. I, I, I feel more relevant. I feel more relevant now than I did on radio for the last two years. Wow. I was hanging on to this radio as like, if I just disappear off radio, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to vanish. But I was in the wrong place, you know, it's in the wrong place. And, and, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought back to you. No, I mean, it's man, it's a big, it's a gotta be an overwhelming thing because having, having to make that choice with the fear of the unknown, like you don't know what's going to happen. You could have easily like in your mind, you're probably like, oh man, I'm, I'm screwed. Like part of you, anybody that's going to do that is going to think that, but then boom, that's what I loved is watching the support for you because everybody's craving somebody that is just willing to just say what everybody's thinking. And it's not even about talking shit about these politicians and, and whatever your opinion is. It's just like, Hey man, this doesn't feel right. Does anybody else feel like this? Mm-hmm. Like what mm-hmm. is going on here? Like we're humans and we have logic up until this point. We've learned a lot of things and this doesn't feel good. So is anybody else feel me here? And that's what we mm-hmm. did. We're like, man, yes. And, mm-hmm. and, and they supported you. And that's what was so great to see is that I, to, to be able to see people support you. And then it take you past where you were radio, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay. And it's yeah. beginning for you too, right? Mm-hmm. So many opportunities that can come from this. Yeah. I, I, I started to get frustrated feeling like that there was nothing in mainstream media was reflecting the way that almost everyone I knew felt like it was weird. It was feel really like, and I would, I would talk to my bosses behind the scenes and I would say, listen, if I don't mention this, like the final straw for me was the the trucker convoy. Like I was just told not to even bring it up. And I'm like, okay, what we are like now I am. You want me to go on and be topical and I'm now going to be so out of touch. I'm now going to be the most out of touch person if I don't acknowledge what's happening. And like no one's still to this day. I mean, no one's talking. I mean, it just became so, so frustrating that, so I'm like, okay, listen, I I can't, there's a thing like when you're first in radio and maybe you can, other people can relate this to their, their corporate job in some way. For me personally, it was like, when you first get into radio, you're doing your show for your boss, you know, because after the show, you're going to go into the boss's office and they're going to sit you down and they're going to give you a, this was good. This was bad. And they even make you listen back to your show. You have to like sit in a room and listen to yourself on a speaker and it's your face is red and it's awful. And this is at the beginning of your career. They do this a lot. It's called air checking. You do your, you do your show for your boss. And then eventually when you get a little more confident, you, you start doing a show for your audience. And what a difference, you know, I know I knew 
what my audience wanted. They wanted someone just to just be real, man. And my boss didn't want me to be real. And uh, yeah, you start to feel like, like I said, in that, in that recording, you start to feel like a sellout or again, I still don't know what the right word is. You just start to feel, you don't feel good about yourself, you know? And man, I, I have kids, like young kids, like a job is usually a nice thing to have, especially when you're a parent and a husband. So yeah, it was just like, oh, and thank God my wife's, you know, she's down with us. She, she's uh, the one who's like, our kids are never wearing masks. We're not, we're not going along with this garbage. So thank God I have a wife that is so on board with everything that, you know, now she's helping me get this stage of my career going. But yeah, you're right. You got to feel good about yourself, man, or else it just bleeds into everything else that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, I do feel like a thousand pounds. Like, I'm I'm a little nervous, of course, but man, the weight of that off my shoulders, where I can just have this conversation with you, dude. I could have never had this conversation with you a month ago, yeah. ever. My 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 boss would have been blowing up my phones, saying, "Get off, log off. What are you What are you doing?" You know, people would have been emailing the station, kids on, online spreading dangerous information. Dangerous. Yeah. It's, it's a thing, you know? Yeah. And there's some comments there around alignment and yeah, mm. that's so true. Everybody that's mm. saying that is bang on. Like that's, that's really what it is, man. You're like, this doesn't feel aligned. And if you're out of alignment, you're just living as a prisoner and going like, you know, mm. and, mm. you know, what a sense of freedom. I mean, talking about the freedom convoy and all that, but for yourself. What a sense of freedom to say, to step up, say what you feel. And all of a sudden you're rewarded with all these people and support. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was, I mean, for the first week, I, I can't even count the number of times I had a lump in my throat and going, holy shit, man, I am emotional. This is emotional. You know, I was never, ever good with taking a compliment. I don't know how you are with that, but it always feels a little like, I don't know, imposter syndrome or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not that like, Okay. Yeah. But I had so many great comments of people like, oh man, just like, you're a hero. And I'm like, no, no, the heroes are in their trucks, like in Ottawa right now. I'm just a guy talking about it. But uh, I had so many nice comments that I would just like, holy shit. I would just be like lump. But I was very emotional. Like, did you get much backlash? Like, or actually somebody asked this question and I want to, I want to go back to it because I saw mm. it pop up. What was the reaction from your coworkers, like the people, like your peers that you work with, like, what was that like? Were, were they, were they happy or were they like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. What the hell are you doing? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I know there's people at the, at the radio station where I worked and I would never talk bad about the station. I mean, we have a difference yeah. opinion and, but they, they believed in me for two years. They fed my family. They, they, you know, and I'm sure some of them are pretty annoyed because I messed up their, their plans. I know there's definitely some people in the building that are on the complete opposite, complete opposite, like openly mock on social media. People like me, people like me, people like you, Lance, they, 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 they're just, they think that we're crazy and that's, that's okay, man. Like everyone's, you know, Everyone's got their own thing going on. You just, you just gotta, you just gotta love everybody. And you gotta, I mean, I, I, I feel for people that that aren't awake and, and people are sometimes working two jobs, three jobs, they're raising kids. They don't have time. Like I'm a parent. It's insane. I barely have time to, 
do things that I, I, I mean, I'm just so, you get obsessed with this stuff. So you end up making time, you know, you know, but in, instead of watching a Netflix show, you're reading, diving in, but most people just don't have time. I think society is sort of, you know, give them, what's that famous, give them bread and something, something and give them bread and sports and they'll yeah. forget about what's happening in the world. You know, we're all so distracted and we're busy. And so people who just have no clue, like I don't hate on them or have any anger towards them. It's like, man, I just, I feel bad. You're, yeah. you're so busy. You're busy with living life, paying your bills, just trying to keep your head above water, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, there's definitely some people that, uh, yeah, I, maybe I expected more people to reach out at the station. The world reached out to me, but where I worked, they, I think that, I think I probably annoyed and ticked off more people than, than anything else. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to observe different people and their level of awareness. And it's sometimes, yeah. you know, you're right. Somebody's working. I know that when I was working, you know, in the bars, 12 hours a day, like I didn't have time to like hear anything of the outside. I would just go to work and whoever tells me something, I'll just, that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, some people probably just haven't had the time to really, you know, learn more than what they already know. And that's not an excuse. Mm -hmm. I think after two years, we should kind of sort of educate ourselves a little bit, but at the same time, I'm not judging anybody. I don't have a family. I'm worried about myself, my business and stuff, but like, I can't imagine what it'd be like to be, have a big family, have a lot of work to do, go to work and, you know, two jobs and then, you know, have to worry about what information is true or not. <laughs> like, right. Right. You yeah. people, we, we like to believe that information that is being provided is the truth. Like we, you know, we're, most people are good, trustworthy people. We just want to believe that the people that are in our homes on TV close to us are telling the truth or mm -hmm. the people that, that are on the radio in your cars, it feels familiar. You want to know that the truth is being said. So just like, you know, in grocery stores, you want to trust that the food there in the grocery store is good for you. Like mm -hmm. you go on all day about it, but. You know, I just think some people just haven't, haven't been able to just have that awareness and, and it's, it sucks because I think it's only a matter of time before people say, oh shit, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But I think a lot of people now at this point are so stuck on the idea that they may be wrong, that they'd rather just ride with the idea until, <laughs> you know, well, it's, this whole, this whole thing is, it's. It's really genius. The masterminds at the top, it's genius because they, they know obviously so much about human psychology and they're just 10 steps ahead. So they know the fact that it's, you know, that other famous quote, yeah, it's, it's, it's easier to fool someone than it is to, to, to convince them that they've been fooled because, you know, we would then have to admit that we're not as smart as we think we are. Yeah. Like for now, someone to admit that, man, I didn't see this for two years. A lot of people don't want to admit that, you know? And the second part of that is that when you do admit it, man, when you realize what's really going on, there is such a, a first of all, your reality shatters and there's a real heavy mourning process that happens. Like, like I was, I was really bummed. This is pre COVID even. I've been kind of dabbling down the, the rabbit hole 
for 10 years or so. Zeitgeist even. Yeah, right. Exactly. When you realize that the people that you just kind of trust to take care of you aren't taking care of you and there's a lot more going on. Man, is it heavy. Oh, it's like I for six months, I was just like bummed, like a mild depression. You're like, oh my God, my, my whole worldview has changed. Like I, I can't, and then nothing's the same after that. And then you start connecting the dots. And then when you're told something, you're like, oh, wait a second, that's, no, you're doing like what you did about that. And 9-11 was a big one for a lot of people because that was such a sloppy job and so obvious that when you went down the rabbit hole on that one, you go, oh my God. And then you're, you're, you're angry that not everyone else sees it. You know, so yeah, there's a real, man, it's not a fun, it's not a fun thing to wake up. It's really like frustrating and, and it's dark and it's lonely because then you're someone you used to hang out with all the time and you realize that now you don't, you can't connect on that level and you can't talk about frivolous things anymore. You just sort of, but that draws you to people like, like, like you, for example, us connecting and like, we can grab a coffee and go for a walk. And it's like, man, we're not talking about the Canucks. We're talking about, man, so did you see this? Oh yeah, this, and it's all real, you know? Yeah. Um, th there's definitely a, um, a veil that is lifted off and you see what's going on. So yeah, it's, man, it's a hard, it's a hard one. Yeah. And you know what? Like what I really try and focus on with the podcast, University of Adversity, is, you know, really focusing on like how, the tools to empower people to make different decisions and to, you know, change maybe a different direction in their life. Right. And I think as well, right now, we can get so wrapped up in the problem. Like it's very important to be aware. I'm not, you know, I think that's such a big importance, but I think also it's like, what is the solution? Now? Like, I don't want to give my energy to politicians. I don't want to give that to them anymore. Because we already seen what happens and it's like, well, okay, how do we focus and, and really build that within ourselves and the people around us to make change? And what we saw with, with all of the convoy was just what I was impressed of was the ability for humans to come together and the ability to see people dancing and laughing and wherever you stand on it, it doesn't matter. It's nice to see human beings coming together and, and, and being together. And I've thought after, mm. like, why do we need a protest for people to do that? Why can't we be doing that shit? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Now that we've seen it's possible, people can put their differences aside, mostly on other stuff and just come together when it's really important. And dude, that's why that thing was shut down as viciously as it was because us all coming together in with, with the, with the energy of love like that. Dude, that is the, that was such a huge threat. Like the ultimate threat. It's what they've been making sure we don't do for so long. We're all separated. We're all living in our little condo terrariums separate from each other. Um, and man, and, and divided in, in so many ways, man, when that, when that started happening, I think that blew up faster than anyone thought. I mean, I've talked, I've interviewed some of the truckers and. They're just like, man, I was driving my truck and like every overpass, thousands of people. And like, it was, I was crying and, and that thing spread right across the country fast. So man, not surprised that they had to bring out the emergencies act. 
yeah. bring in swinging batons to, uh, to make sure that we're afraid to do anything like that again. I mean, that's how, that's how scared the evil forces were to get a little woo, to get a little woo woo. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to go a little woo woo sometimes. You got to think about it. Right? I mean, and I don't even know what's woo woo anymore. I mean, like, <laughs> I just sit here and I think about just what's unfolded in the last two years. It's just, I can't, I still feel like I'm in some sort of weird virtual reality or matrix, which we are yeah. like, it's, it's wild, man. What's going on? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. Nothing surprises me. Anymore. Yeah. Nothing. And well, listen, I, I'm one of the, I'm one of the crazy old people that believes that we're living in the matrix. Yeah. I do too. I think so too. I think we're, we're, there's some, some kind of matrix. I saw someone on Instagram post something the other day of like, what was it? You know, so someday when, what was it? They were describing, talking about God or something. And they said, you know, oh man, there's this, there's this entity that's created this, this most, the most advanced metaverse. It's the new metaverse, man. It's like, you can, you can like really get in there and touch people and interact with people and learn and like do whatever you want and create whatever reality you want. If this one's called the universe, right? it's like, it's like, the universe is the new metaverse and we're already living in it. Like, this is what they're trying to. This is what they're trying to replicate. We're already here. Yeah. Like, we're already here. So like, enjoy this one. Like, you know, this is the latest technology, man. <laughs> it's a crazy thought. It's a crazy thought because, you know, what we have in this reality is the power, power of our subconscious and we can create things and we can do things. But I was thinking about that the other day. Let me know if you guys agree with this. Like, how weird is it that you can't think of things and create, like you have to, there's no program to like the chance of maybe something coming into your life or some sort of, you know, like miracles, that shit's, mm -hmm. that shit happens, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Our oh belief, yeah. Our belief. And it's like, imagine living in a world that's just like a legit program with only, only what's there is it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know you're a big fan of uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. You went to his, his event uh, recently. I saw that on Instagram and, and I, years ago I had a chance to interview with him and yeah, like the guy healed his spine with his thoughts. Yeah. And when, when you have intention like that, I mean, we can do things that are truth is stranger than, than fiction, man. Like it's, it's unbelievable. And uh, you know, it's like all these things that we want to do live in in somewhere somewhere another dimension and and we manifest it. it it's sort of like you i don't know if it's the fourth dimension or whatever you want to call it but you you focus on it, you think about it and then it just it becomes it, it exists but it's not physical yet and then it just sort of melts into the 3d realm that we live in mm -hmm. if you want to get woo woo you know it's there there are there are times where where i've been really in med meditation and you know at one point i meditated every day at three o'clock in the morning for an hour before I started my day. I wish I could say, I, I wish I could say I had that sort of dedication now, but I, and I just, I meditated and, and visualized that I had a house and that exactly knew the hallway was going to be that I had a home gym and all these uh, things. And after a year against all odds in Vancouver, no doubt, one of the most expensive cities, my wife and I managed to scrummage together the money for a house. And we, and it was crazy. And it had like the little home gym in the corner, exactly what I'd meditated on for a year. 
And so we're talking, and I didn't miss a day, man. We're talking over 360, you know, five hours of meditation, but it became so real yeah. that it morphed into my physical reality. So, I mean, I know you're kind of into that. Dude, I mean, that's, you're, yeah, yeah. I'm, that's amazing. Yeah. I had no idea that you did that. Yeah. That's sad. Long story short, I had to, and we ended up, we had to sell the house when I got fired from a radio gig. The mortgage was too big, but you know what? I'm going to meditate a new house, man. I'm working on that now. <laughs> I love it because Dr. Joe talks about that. It's like a clear intention and elevated emotion. You know, it's, and you know, the thing I like about Dr. Joe and what you're talking about is that it's, he has studies and science that back what he's talking about. He makes mm -hmm. fun of woo woo stuff. He's like, I know yeah. data and he has data. So mm -hmm. That's why I resonated with Dr. Joe is because, look, I've always been curious and open to that woo concept, but then somebody that can come and take the mystical and make it and tie science to it. I'm like, oh shit, okay, this is, and mm -hmm. everything that happens, he measures. Yeah. You can measure the frequency of gratitude. You can measure the frequency of love. You can measure the frequency of joy and what goes on in the brain. So when you, mm -hmm. when everybody is focused on love, you create that, like that is mm. what happens. And that's what he, like, I've watched people heal, man. I watch people get out of wheelchairs, walk. I saw wow. really wild stuff. And it's all measured about what happens to your brain. So in day-to-day -day life, like, you, like if you're able to really focus your attention and open your heart to that, miracles can happen, bro. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like we need as a collective to do more of those group meditations. I think it would be powerful at sending out mm. whatever needs to be sent out. Because love is going to be the only thing. And I don't want to meet this sound cheesy to everybody, but it's really true, man. When we open our hearts, so much is so much mm. opens up for us. Yeah. I mean, there only is love or fear. Yeah. Love you're creating, fear you're destroying. So, I mean, I, I worked with a guy a couple of years ago, his name is Jean-Paul, and he uh, mentored me for a while. And he, we talked about relationships and we talked about, he kind of taught me that like, sometimes you get to a point where, you want to say something to someone and you just, you don't say it. And he's like, if you don't say it because you're afraid, you're destroying. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, how can I best describe this? Some people think that, okay, if I just go through life and I don't do this or I don't do this, that everything will just stay the same. But that's not, that's not the case. We're, we're either, we're either creating or destroying at all moments. We're either we're either we're swerving it's like a boat a boat never just goes straight we're kind of we're, we're steering it yeah. so he's like you you have to focus your energy on the love to create and do that as much as possible create 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 and the moment you're not creating out of fear you're 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 destroying so then you're destroying you're destroying you're destroying and we've all had times like that in our life where a bad habit creeps in or or you 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 stop speaking your truth and you don't just stay where you are when you stop st speaking your truth. You actually start to deteriorate, you know, which is kind of what we just talked about a few minutes ago. And I was starting to deteriorate by not speaking my truth on my radio show, for example. And that happens in our marriages with our, with our spouses and, and, our, and our families and our coworkers. And, you know, the moment you stop being truthful, you start to destroy that relationship. So, yeah, it's, it's, and I also, as you were speaking and saying what you were just saying, I, I thought, Man, the, we, you've witnessed Dr. Joe. I've interviewed him. I actually went to one of his, uh, like a weekend, not like the week intense thing you went to, but I went to like a weekend thing in Vancouver years ago with Dr. Joe Dispenza. 
and, uh, and uh, experienced that what you just spoke about. And I thought, God, the people that, I mean, the people that are been pulling the wool over our eyes with this whole pandemic for the last few years, they know this too. So they're using this knowledge against us, which is why it's so important to fight back with love, with unity, with, uh, you know, like it, it, they know that's why they're trying to keep us separate. That's why the truckers convoy was so, so much of a threat, you know, anyways, and now I'm just rambling. No, but it's, it's true. And you know, someone's saying, yes, we have to stand up and fight. Yes, absolutely. But there has to be a level of, there's only so much energy that you can use outward. You have to be able to build that strength and resilience within yourself. Nobody's going to give you that on the external world. You have to build that. And we have to be aware but, and stand up for things. But we also have to be, we also have to be able to be patient and we need to be able to like understand that all of that stuff starts with ourselves. All of the love and all of the healing starts with ourselves. Nobody's going to do it for you. No one's going to rescue you. Nobody's going to come in and give you the permission that you already know. You have to take that upon yourself to do the shit every single day that's going to help you get to the level of, of that feeling. If you're in a state of feeling like shit and down all the time and shame, it's just going to perpetuate into more of the same. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's yeah. why... I love talking about serious things, but then I also want to be like, all right, so now we know, but how do we, what do we do moving forward? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. comes to kind of wrapping this up. So we're aware we're in a crazy world, whatever you want to believe or whatever, it doesn't matter. But now where we're at, what do we do? What do you, what, what do we do moving forward? Like, how do mm-hmm. we, how do we move through this? Like, mm-hmm. what do we do? Yeah. I personally, someone had a couple of weeks ago shared this little nugget with me and said, Hey, listen, you know, manifestation, yes, all this stuff. But if you're caught in a, in a rut of being, um, feeling guilty or feeling ashamed, then, well, what are you manifesting? Yeah. You're, you're basically telling the universe to uh, listen, write me a ticket. I've been a bad boy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you have to let, you have to let stuff go. And it was, and this person actually said to me, she said, it's like the universe writing you a ticket. You're sending them the message that you're guilty. So you're going to get a ticket. So you show up and now you're, you're got a, your car, someone's broken into your car or whatever little annoying thing has happened to you throughout the day. So you really have to get out of that space of, of guilt and, and of, you know, shame and just let it go. Like you said, do the work to, and everyone's got their own way to do that, but yeah. do the work, make it purposeful. Like yeah. it's important. Don't bury stuff. Don't just bury stuff deep down inside and let your subconscious send out these signals to the universe that, that you're a bad boy. You're a bad girl. You deserve something bad to happen to you. Cause man, when you are, when you are clear of mind and, and you feel light, you feel good, you know, and that's a battle every day. Sometimes, man, you just, you're, 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 then you're manifesting the shit that you want. You know, again, it sounds all woo woo, but man, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's a, it's a, it's a challenge. It's, a, you know, it's not easy, man. No, it's not. It's but part of the human experience is that battle. What's the alternative, right? I mean, I think mm. we've all tried the other alternative and it's usually doesn't mm. work out that well. I don't mean, man, I've spent a lot of years being an angry fuck all the time. Part of my language, <laughs> like swearing, but I, you know, fuck. and then when I started to change the way I think, feel, 
things changed. And even how I look at something, I get pissed off at what's going on. But then I'm like, all right, hold on a second. How do I, what am I going to do when I get up tomorrow to make my life better in my own life first? Mm-hmm. If I look at my phone right away and go and get angry at the politicians, what am I doing? I'm literally mm. taking everything that I could use right now, and giving it to them. Like, fuck that, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, that's really where I, I'm really trying to focus the energy on like, what's the solution? How do we do it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and if, yeah, I was going to say, if you're in a rut, like this, I love when people give me these, like, I didn't think of this stuff. This is, these are little nuggets that people have fed me that have hung on to. But like, if you're in a rut and you're feeling crappy and you're, I don't know, guilty or whatever, whatever it is, just help someone. And I'm like, if I'm feeling crappy, sometimes I'll just help someone. And then it's like, it just starts the ball rolling that little bit, you know, you're just, I don't know, man. It's usually someone asking for help that you normally wouldn't have time for. Yeah. You just go, and my neighbor mentioned that they needed help with that. I'm just going to like block out an hour and like just help them. And it's amazing how that shifts your energy big time, you know? Absolutely, Stan. Yeah, it's huge, bro. And that's that's the stuff that makes the change within us. It's those little things, but a lot of people are just so caught up in too much of the other stuff. And I'm I'm all you know, I, I talk about this all the time on the podcast. Just like I'm tired of giving away all my power. I'm tired of giving away all my energy. And I'm I'm like, you know. Cause then I get depleted and then I can't function in my own life. And then it's mm. like, what's the point of that? Yeah. Right. That's happened a lot for my wife and I, the last few weeks, like, man, like the other weekend when we just watched the, the, the right police just go ham on those protesters in Ottawa that we knew we do, man, these people were off. I mean, I was interviewing some of them and it just was, I couldn't believe that they were swinging those batons and smacking people across the head and i'm like this person was just blowing up a bouncy castle the other day and and it's it's it gets so like oh what do we we watch so that was like watching this live streams non-stop all weekend we watch the live streams then you go to sleep and then energy then you wake up and then last night we watched uh oh that what's that movie everyone's saying to watch now the the winter the fire winter it's a story about uh ukraine someone maybe in the comments will know because of what's happening in Ukraine now, people are like, oh, watch, watch this movie, Fi- Fiery Winter. Have you heard of it? No, I, it, dude, I try, I haven't. Oh, it's not it, every post something. Oh, it's, it's the most unbelievable. It, it's weird because it's, it's Ukraine from like, I don't know, I think it's 2014. I could be wrong, but uh, it's also about protesting. So it's like, it's like taking two major things that have just happened in our lives, the protests in Ottawa and Ukraine. And it's a movie about the, oh. My wife just commented winter on fire. Thank you, honey. Uh, winter <laughs> on fire. And we're watching this and it's like, it's so bizarre to watch because here it's the Ukraine here. They're protesting because it's a battle of whether they join the EU or not. And, and it is so intense. I mean, the, the police there showed up with like iron, like their, their batons weren't even plastic. They were like iron and they're smacky people and they're Dude, it is. And so then after we're like halfway through and I'm like to my wife, I don't think I can watch any more of this. 
because we just watched the trucker protest and now this. And, yeah. But this is what happens. You, you, it's, it's a hard balance, man, because you want to stay informed. We're going down the rabbit hole, but it's also very intense. And I'm learning how, I'm trying to learn how to find the balance. And I don't know exactly how to do that yet, especially now that I've just started this podcast about, you know, talking about truth. Yeah. So I feel like I'm, I'm deep in it more than normal, where normally I'm researching silly, oh, JLo's back with none nuts, you know, for my radio show. Now I'm into this whole new space. So yeah, man, you're right. It's, I'm going to think more about what you've just said about giving your energy away. I think that's a really, really interesting point. Yeah. I mean, I've just had to come to terms with it so many times. I just found myself mm -hmm. getting so depleted some days and I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? But yeah, I mean, it's not easy, bro. It's not an easy, it's not an easy journey this, the last two years. And I think we all just kind of figure it out as we go. And I mean, there's no field manual for this. It's kind of mm -hmm. like, right. Kind of roll up the punches. I mean, I'm in Mexico. So. Yeah. Son of a bitch. But dude, no, I'll tell you, this has been really annoying to have our faces like side by side with your tan and my pinkness, <laughs> you know, and your dude. hair, like you get the long hair and a tan and, and I can't even grow a mustache. This has been quite distracting while I try to think of, Hey bro, yeah. you, you're, well, I appreciate it, dude. You're a handsome guy. And I mean, you got a huge podcast, uh, massive amounts of listeners. I, I see you where you ranked in top three in Canada and whatever it is in the world now, just keep doing what you're doing, man. I just, congratulations. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to you. Cause I, I've really appreciated being able to learn from you, you know, as a, as a guy just talking, but, but as like a podcaster and the people you interview and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you're one of those guys trailblazing. You, you've been a trailblazer for, for years. How many years have you been doing yours now? Three, just over three years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I appreciate it, bro. It. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun just chipping away at it, you know, just, yeah. I, I really, went away. I really like doing it live. Like I feel, I feel there's way more excitement because when you record zoom, it's like, I'm so used to it. I like live. I like make, like seeing people and I like yeah. real time feedback. Like yeah. I love that. It feels way better. It's like more of an excitement completely changes the dynamic of the conversation too. I yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I'm so used to live doing yeah. a radio show <laughs> and I've kind of missed that. So a few, a couple of my little posts I've put on, yeah, you set up the camera and you're like, mm, okay, I got the thing. And then you're just like, now what? <laughs> now what? But you're right. When you're live, when you're live, there's just something that clicks in. And that's it. Yeah, it's good. I, I, I'm inspired to do more live stuff too. Honestly, I, I honestly, dude, my, all my years of radio, of being on Instagram, I never did live till this week. Wow. It's like my first time. I was, it was, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm not used to being on camera as a radio guy. I'm used to just being like hiding behind like a microphone, but uh, I just was very intimidated to do it. Yeah. But so thank you for pulling me out of my uh, comfort zone. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, I don't do this. You're going to be a ton of other people wanting to and have a conversation. You know, I just, I, I love knowing the human behind the thing, you know, the business, mm -hmm. the, the journey, the story. It's always, I like, 
we're both curious people and I just love it. So mm. I, uh, by the way, if anyone knows if JLo and Ben Affleck are still together, I would love to know because I haven't read any Hollywood gossip in like two <laughs> weeks. Yeah, let us know all your Hollywood gossip, everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> guys, if you haven't checked out, obviously a lot of, you know, a lot of people have seen your podcast, but tell us where, tell us a little bit about it and uh, where it's, where the best place to find it is. The best place to just go to kidcarson.com. Yeah. That's it. I've just revamped my website. It's, it's pretty basic, basic, but it, yeah, it's, uh, it's got all the, all the things are there. All the things. All the things. Yeah. All the things, man. And if you guys, if you guys haven't yet, I would, if you don't want to check out University of Adversity podcast, it's available everywhere also. It's also available on YouTube where I make a lot of funny faces, as you could probably tell. Some people like to watch and just watch and make stupid faces, but it's all available there. I appreciate all you guys coming and supporting. You know, this was, this was great, kid. I really appreciate it, man. This was awesome. Oh, thank you, Lance. Thanks. You're a real one. You're a real one, buddy. Thanks, everybody. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the, the bell for notification. And most importantly, share it with somebody that you feel needs it. I would love to just see these blasted all over social media, all over um, Instagram, tag us, you know, let us know your favorite takeaway. It really means a lot. And if you guys can leave us a review on Apple, if you feel called to do so, it really matters. I want to try and build the reviews on there. And you guys, I just appreciate all of you. If you do um, want to support the show in other ways, you guys can. How you can do that is you can purchase my course, Warrior Embodiment, How to Embody the True Warrior Spirit in All Areas of Your Life. And surprise, surprise, all of the things I talk about in the show, I have condensed into a course and modules that have helped me change my life, and it'll help you as well. It's 47 bucks. Price is going up. When my book is launched, Mastering Adversity at the end of spring, we're going to be changing the course a little bit, adding more so the price will go up. So get this course while it's still 47 bucks, and I promise you, you won't regret it. All right, everybody. I love you so much. Stay safe out there. Keep those hearts open. We'll see you soon.